Hey there, everybody. We are the Poolbox Pals, and as always, I'm Matt, and I got my ride-or-die-with-me monk, but today we also have a new pal on the show, Travis Gibb, who has written some comics that uh, I've really enjoyed. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say so, monk? Yeah, I've also really enjoyed them. <laughs> wouldn't you say, Travis? Did you enjoy the writing process of all of these? <laughs> most of them. Most of them. <laughs> well, that's good. Most. Of, hey, most is better than none. That's what I always say. Yeah. I'm constantly saying that. Well, Travis, how are you doing today? I am. I am great. You know, uh, last day before Thanksgiving, you know, had to do a little bit of shopping and, you know, got out of work early, but still have about four hours of work to do, you know, mm, yeah. just, uh, just, just, just having a blast, man. It's comic day. So it's good. It's a yeah. good day. Wednesdays are always the best day. And it I really still got to do all my uh, Thanksgiving shopping too. And I also have to go to work right after this. You're a night worker, huh? Yeah. I, uh, I sling beers at a little, uh, uh, tap house here in town and uh i i like help them out like i'm not like full-time employed but it's just like when they need somebody like for the winter when it's in the down season i hop in and help out and i just really enjoy slinging beers to people i think it makes for great conversation so yeah but yeah well it, it is big wednesday after all do you guys you, you guys are familiar with the term big wednesday correct i am not I am also not. What? Oh man, maybe that's just Big Wednesday. Well, it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, it is. Ah. I'm pretty sure it's like the biggest day. If it's not for like DUIs, it's the biggest day for like everyone drinking. It's like the biggest go out and drink night because everyone's home uh, for Thanksgiving. Whereas like people don't really go out to drink the night before Christmas because it's Christmas Eve. You know, you're doing kind of stuff okay. then, whereas like Thanksgiving Eve, that's not even a real thing. People don't really even care about Thanksgiving, which is a shame because I think it's important <laughs> to be thankful. But especially <laughs> in our country, we're just like, nah, I just want to eat as much as I can possibly handle and fall asleep, which yeah. that's fun, too. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of doing that, you know, but yeah, what's what's well, everyone thankful for? Should we set, do that real quick up top since it's it's Thanksgiving Eve? Well, I mean, I've said it before a few times this year, but I'm just I'm thankful for just for the comic book community. Mm. Like like everybody that we've gotten to meet, including Travis here, like it's just great conversations, good fun. Like I love that you can put anything on the table and have a great discussion about it and walk away feeling like I had a great conversation. I wasn't offended. I don't think I offended anybody. And <laughs> <it was> just... <laughs> You always hope you didn't offend, but, um, but yeah, I've just, this year, I've just been really grateful to like all the, the pals that have come into the circle of the pull box pals. So. Yeah. Mine will be in a similar vein as I uh, kind of touching on what we were talking about earlier at being comic book day. We might've talked about, you yeah, know, that was on air. Um, <clears throat> really for me, like the, every Wednesday does kind of feel like a little holiday. Or like a little yeah. like reprieve in the middle of the week. And it's just so nice to like be able to have that is because life gets so mundane when you work a job, you know, a, you know, yeah. a Monday through Friday, nine to five. So it's nice to have something like right in the middle. That's like it's new and exciting. That's why I like to I don't really look at what's coming in this week. I'm just like, I just want to show up at the shop and like be surprised or disappointed, you know, and but yeah. rarely am I disappointed, you know, Um yeah. But anyways, Travis, how about yourself? What's something you're thankful for? So for me, this year has been, uh, it's just been wild. So I've been uh, doing comics kind of uh, very actively, aggressively for the last five years. I, I did some stuff before then, but last five years. 
this year was the level up year. So I, I had the scout deal for Grand State Punk. I had the Band of Bards deal for Coins of Judas. Uh, we have another book for uh, Band of Bards coming out in December called Holiday nice. Spirits. And then, um, so that's, you know, half the year I was in the direct market. That's six, six out of the 12, you know, versus every year before that, which is zero out of 12, just Kickstarter. And then the biggest thing was, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was nominated for Ringo with uh, Cthulhu. Oh, nice. and yeah, Cthulhu and Congratulations. Uh, Wonderland. So I went to the Ringos, got to hang out with, you know, Bendis and Mark Wade and all these really cool wow. people just rubbing elbows, sitting there at the table like, I, I'm almost there, right? Deal <laughs> or that Marvel deal, and nobody's calling, but like I, I'm at the table with them, like they're acknowledging that I'm here, and I didn't win, so you know. Uh, hey, but it's great to be it, nominated, right? Right, yeah, you made it to the table. That's what's important, you know. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. few people who can even say that. So yeah, it's been a that's that's I'm so thankful for that. Uh, this year has been really that this is an achievable dream because before I'm just like mm. making money, I'm making books, and I'm happy with that, but. Can yeah. I go to the next level? And it's it's looking like I can. Well, awesome. yeah. well, let's 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 dig into how we uh, how we got there. So, sure. um, when when did you like first get into comics? Is this like a lifelong thing? Was it something you picked up like as a teen? Like, so yeah, it's semi lifelong. Uh, semi team. So I'm from Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, you know, great estate punk being in New Hampshire. Yeah. The relevance of that, though, is that's right next to Dover. If you didn't see the headlines in the last couple of weeks, Dover, New Hampshire, is where the Ninja Turtles were born. So mm. I am, uh, I'm in my 40s. So the Ninja Turtles were very. I was growing up with them in real time, from comic to like TV to all the and Kevin Eastman, and Peter Lard were talked about locally on the news and stuff like that. I met them several times and had sketches that my parents threw away because they're idiots. Um, you know, uh, so I got that, and my my grandmother realized I was really into comics, so she got me. Um, I don't know if you guys did it, but my school used to do these like magazine, like you could buy a magazine, you can order a mag, like one magazine. And I, she ordered me Spider-Man. So I would get Spider-Man at my house. So I had amazing Spider-Man coming to my house, which is really That's cool. Awesome. Well, actually, it was Spectacular first. And then when Spectacular yeah. got canceled, I got amazing. Uh, and it was, I, I never remember the number, but it was the it was the black costume Spider-Man fighting Sabretooth. Uh, oh, Sabretooth was a Spider-Man villain. I was very confused uh, when the <laughs> X-Men came out. Um but yeah, so like I have just loved comics and been collecting like a fiend forever. You know, she was in the 90s. You know, the X-Men cartoon was hugely influential. Like I have every X-Men and Spider-Man comic since the first time I've got them. You know, I bought every oh. single issue since that time of like the main runs, not all the spinoffs and everything, but like all yeah. amazing Spider-Man since I was 13 years old, all <laughs> X-Men uh, up till now. Uh Uncanny until they switched it, and X Men until they switched it. So what? Yeah. Like what's out of all those though that you've I guess collected since the nineties? Like what? What's like your favorite out of all of them? So what's my favorite series, or what's my favorite comic book? Because those are different answers. Yeah. Why don't we do both and start with series? Okay, series. Uh, I, I'm a Spider Man guy. I, I love Spider Man. Uh, X Men. You know, I Magneto. Like you can't see. Oh, we can see. I can. We have yeah. the technology. Uh, I'm a big Magneto fan. Oh, uh, wow. So I've That's got a cool. Magneto shrine, hence why the big <laughs> Magneto behind me. But my boy's always going to be Peter. Uh, you know, um, I share this pretty, freak pretty frequently. I come from a very broken home. My parents were 
both uh, addicted to lots of drugs and substances and stuff like that. They both died young because of it. Uh, you know, it's definitely prominent in my work. Like Grand State Punch, you can kind of see the influence of that. Yeah. Uh, so comics for me were more than just a book. Um, I mean, I learned my right and wrong, my value structure from them. I didn't have a church background. I didn't have any of that. So learning how to handle these situations were, were done by comics. And I did it poorly, too. Like, you can look <laughs> at my record by middle school, high school. I would fight all the time for stupid things. I'm like, man broke up with girlfriend. It had nothing to do with cheating or anything, but he hurt her. So therefore I have to fight because that's kind of what you did. Like Peter would always yell at people like I didn't learn it right. Mm -hmm, yeah. I learned all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, that would be uh Spider-Man would be my favorite, but you know, X-Men's a very close second. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm more of a Marvel guy. Um, but my favorite comic of all time is a book called Crimson. Are you guys familiar with that? It's uh, familiar. I'd probably have to see the cover of it. I'll pull it up. I do that too. Hold on. Right. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm... Look I how useless I am tonight. Right. I got it. I got it. I got it. But it's a little <laughs> harder to find because I got a big thing over here of a bunch of stuff. See, I got like a, a rack oh my gosh. of various things. Oh, man. I need to get some of that. I mean, not like I don't I have enough things to like stack comic books on. But uh, yeah, I guess there's always more things. I would love at my comic book shop. There's one of those like oscillating racks i think getting with oh okay, okay. yeah 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 so I, this I can't, I, go ahead i i just was gonna say i can't say that i've actually read it but i'm familiar with that cover so this comic it, this is humato ramos um and um uh, you know he signed this particular one he did it and uh brian austin never say his right name austin which you probably don't know brian as much the only thing he's done that's really people like is gotham by gaslight oh, okay, okay yeah so he did guys, my guys, but he was the editor of Flash and and was the one who inspired. If you look at any uh, like credit, I'm giving you history, comic history here. I feel like extra geeky. Uh, he's the one who created um, what is it called, the Speed Force. Him and Mark oh, Wade. Yeah. He was the one who gave that idea to Mark Wade, and that when he was a Flash editor, he created all that stuff. So that's he's really known more for an editor. But this book is about a, a vampire who is. Uh, just a young kid who uh, got embraced and he's, he's in this weird world trying to figure it all out. In this particular issue, um, this, the angels of heaven, all seven angels come to him to vote whether or not he should die. Half the angels are kind of Jesus angels, like love everybody. And other ones are Old Testament, like burn to say he's evil. Like, <laughs> and, good. and it's this beautiful story. And then at the end, Lucifer comes in and oh. Lucifer goes... Uh, I get a vote, right? I was an angel. <laughs> like, the, we don't go. know the rules. Yeah. They're like, right, I guess you get a vote. And he says, we're not going to kill you because you're a Rangers fan. Like, a fucking Rangers fan. <laughs> and for some reason, this book just resonates with me as my favorite comic because I just, it's so ridiculous. It's so out of there. Uh, and then we see uh, uh, God was watching the whole time, you know, as this little black girl outside and doesn't say anything. And, and Lucifer and God have this conversation. It's just really well-written Christmas mm. special that I just huh. love. And it's my favorite book. I buy it every time I see it. It's just my favorite book of all time. Next time I see it, I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, your, uh, your comic book credentials have definitely, you passed on that one. You can check right. that one off. <laughs> yeah. so, 
that was that was a lot um, of fun. Thank you for filling in on that. I learned a lot from that. So that was it's just such a beautiful thing to like just see all that like the interconnectedness of like this person did this, but then they they, they helped with that, and yeah, that's just yeah. Just really no, I, I enjoy seeing where like there's just people that can be all over the place or like uh you know like jeff lemire can do everything on his own but right. but he still works with other artists and other people to collaborate on stories and i just like that's one of the things i love about like comics is because it's just it's so basic in the amount of people that put a comic together you typically have somewhere between one and four people or i guess five if we include the editor and uh but just seeing that collaboration and then seeing those names interchange with different artists, different letters, different colorists, different editors, different publishers. Like, I just love that collaboration. It gets me real excited. <laughs> yeah, and I, I always, uh, you know, I, I don't feel we give enough credit to like the fixers. Like uh, mm. what a fixer is like for me is like a Peter David or Mark Wade or uh, John Byrne back in the day. The people who come in like when the new upstart like changes everything about a character and like we need to fix the status quo they'll come in they'll tell a story that's not crazy like daredevil for instance daredevil went so dark like like after ed brewer was like it was so mm. dark that we're like we need you to come in mark wade to remind us of what daredevil used to be so we can make it dark again we like the dark but we just can't go any further and i i love people who come in and like kind of fix that you know after mm. they're doing stuff uh yeah you know, because they can't do it. And those people, I don't think, get nearly enough credit in the industry because they are they have their good run back in the day, but they just come and fix things for the next Donny Cates or the next, you know, Ed Brubeck or the next Hickman, you know, to, to do things. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of all those guys, do you have any, like, favorite writers and artists? Oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, my favorite right now, I'm actually arguing pretty actively that Hickman is the GOAT. Um my, yeah, my, he's my, definitely on the Rushmore. Yeah. yeah, and here's why. Um, you know, there's obviously Neil Gaiman's great. He's great, but look at his big two impact, not so much, right? Doesn't do a huge mm. impact for the for the big two, uh, unless you count Sandman as part of the DC universe, right? But it, it, I consider yeah. it very separate. Uh, you've got Grant Morrison, who's amazing, but let's be honest, do you have any of the two of you feel that you – understood fully what you read when you read a grant more right no, no. <laughs> here's why i'm arguing that hickman's a goat is hickman does those big epic grant morrison stories and at the end of it you clearly understood what happened and you're you're happy with the results uh, like in, yeah. hickman's the one in my opinion who's been able to pull that off um so i'm a big hickman fan neil, neil gaiman's a huge huge uh, i'm a huge fan of uh huge johnny cates fan i'm really sad that he's missing uh, I think he mm. was making some amazing stuff. Chip, I love Chip Sadowski. Everything he's been yeah. doing, I'm blowing it away. Um, I like Matthew Rosenberg. I think he's doing some great yeah. stuff. Yep. I don't think people give him nearly enough credit for the stuff he's doing in Wildcats and Joker. Like, Joker yeah. was should be a bad book. If I told someone who knows about the three Jokers and that I pitched the Joker book, there is no reason why anybody would want to read that because you're like, but that – contradicts all this uh, three joke. I was like, I know, but it's amazing. You got they fight and they're mad at each other. We don't know who's who. It's great. Um, uh, those, so those are my kind of big writers right now. And I, I, uh, yeah, it's right now those are my stuff, but, um, yeah, I think that's it for, for artists. I love Stegman right now. 
Um, segment's always, great. Yeah, I'm always a Todd and Jim Lee guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, David Mack. Uh, I don't see a lot of David Mack, but I love seeing his his cover. Um, love Tim Sale. Um, I got garments yeah. soul. Tim Sale was amazing. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Snyder on the writer side. Um, yeah, uh, Humberto Ramos. I like R- Ramos' stuff. I like his his action. Scotty Young. I lo- like like his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotty yeah. Young does great stuff. I really love. I love stuff. I love everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just you don't have to have. It's again, it's another thing of like comics are so so much fun because you can just crack open like one and you see this art style and for some reason it just like resonates you with you it works with the story so well and i think that that you know we talk about this a lot is that the pairing of the artist with the storyteller to really kind of get that across you know of just being able to like this is kind of how i'm envisioning it in my head and yeah it's it has to just be a lot of fun to be able to have those collaborations and just to be able to have the options of not just like one font when you're telling your story but you can you know tell it in many different variations if that makes sense yeah Yeah. i mean when i um so not to skip ahead because i know we're going to get to granite state punk but the first person i wanted to draw granite state punk was alex kermack i'm sure you guys know alex kermack uh does uh sounds familiar does does a lot of independent csros um did uh sync if you're not familiar with sync uh he mm-hmm. did uh devil may ride he just did um uh road of bones uh lots of lots of abstract lots of dynamite um lots of lots of indie books but he's very dark and scratchy art mm-hmm. uh, but it's very hard um very very hard oh that's like right up my alley Yes. Yeah, oh, if, if you do not read Alex Cormack stuff, uh, I'm going to change your life. Every book he yeah. he works with, Richard Duack, John Lee's. If you're not re- if you don't know those two guys, read all their books. All right. Will do. Will do. Um. So with all that said, like, what got you into wanting to create your own comics? Yeah. So I always wanted to create comics. My plan was comics. Um. I went to film school. Because uh, I was huge into Quentin Tarantino, huge into Kevin Smith, so I went to Florida. My genius idea as a young 18, 17, 18 year old was like, you know, everybody's going to New York and California for film. I'm going to go to Florida because nobody's doing it there. But, you know, they've got Nickelodeon and they do the Disney parades and they got Sequest because Sequest was a thing. And they, they were mm-hmm. filming the Punisher movie, the first Miami one. Uh, when I got here, that was all gone. There was zero things being filmed, uh, but I was here. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I started my plan. The other thing that I messed up, I'm not sure. Are you guys familiar with Full Sail? Maybe you guys are wrestling. Yeah. yeah. So yep. Full Sail, yeah. they were big even back then. They didn't have the NXT deal. Like, if they had the NXT deal, like, I'd probably still be there now today because writing wrestling is a is a separate dream that sounds fantastic that's fantastic yeah i didn't i wasn't aware that they did that but i did have a couple of friends who graduated from there yeah yeah nxt uh they do nxt now so they do the scripting yeah. for nxt they have the whole wow. school you know, part of your writing that's thing awesome. NXT. i uh yeah. i actually almost went to full sale out of high school but uh it was one of those conversations with my mom was like but what are you going to be able to do that's practical out of that you know, right. and I was like, uh, well, I, I guess you're right, mom, because I <laughs> grew up in a very white conservative <laughs> bubble where it's like you have to do practical things. It's the only way to, to live. Right. <laughs> so I uh, did, grew up in the opposite of that. I could do what I want. And no one was like, that's a horrible idea. So I came down here. 
<laughs> with the idea for full sale. Luckily, I have somewhat of a brain in my head because they were like, it's going to be for the full th- for the three year program. We guarantee you nothing, and it's going to be two hundred k, and you can't have a job. I'm like, I know I can't afford that. And they're like, we've got loans. I was like, I feel like I will owe you my life if I <laughs> work out. I know a little bit of the way money works. So I went to another film school here called FMU, uh, studied there. Um, by the way, uh, you guys are, where are you guys from? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the Northwest originally from Idaho, but in Oregon now. Okay. So I'm from new, the new England area. Uh, and what we have in new England area is we have colleges and we have tech schools. Is that similar to what you guys have? Well, well uh, <laughs> not in rural Pennsylvania. We have like community colleges and uh, broken down middle schools, but <laughs> I'm, a, I'm aware of them. I've, I've done some travel out right. there. Well, Florida has this third con. Uh, that's why Trump University <laughs> is here and other things where they're unaccredited schools uh, oh, where you begin. So I went to an unaccredited like a third, school. Uh, con. Oh, yeah, it was very good. Luckily, the government solved that. Uh, mm. All of my debt and like, I do have an actual accredited degree because only because that college decided to buy the students so they could get more students in. Other than that, I would be screwed. But so I went to film school and then I did what some people do in college. It's called um, Have Unprotected Sex. Have you heard of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah, familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but sometimes you do it just one time and you make a kid. Um, and I did that, uh, and I had a daughter. I had a very young daughter, and so I decided to give up on my film career as well as my blossoming comics career because I had had a couple of things. I was in Negative Burns. Uh, I was in a, a book called Government Bodies, which you don't know at all. You may know. Do you guys know Negative Burns? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know Negative Burns. Negative yeah. Burns. So I was in Negative Burns, you know, the place where Alan Moore, Brian Michael Bendis, all the, all yeah. the big guys were in it. Uh, I was not in it in those years, way later. But... <laughs> But I was in it. So I was in it and I was starting to do that. But I really wanted to raise my daughter. So I started raising my daughter, took a break from comics literally until 2017 when my new wife, not that that, that particular one, looked at a folder and said, hey, you did comics for a while. I was like, yeah, look at this complete two issue story I have. They're like, so you have two issues of a comic that you've never printed or done anything with? Yeah. She's like, that's really dumb. You really love comics. <laughs> you should make them. And I had no response except for... Yeah, that's a pretty valid point. Yeah, you're, you're right, man. <laughs> so I, I took that uh, and messaged my the, the guy who created the art, said, hey, you want to finish this? It's called Broke Down and Dead Bodies. And said, he said yes, and we finished it. And uh, we actually just put up the trade this year, even though it's been finished uh, a year or two. But yeah. Right on. It's so nice uh, to have a partner like that, that as opposed to the opposite and see it right. and just being like, what were you thinking? Were you used to do such a stupid thing, you know, and instead of, <laughs> and you know, championing you and just being, you know, I'm believing in you so much, you know, that's, yeah. that's great. That's awesome, man. Sounds like you got a good one. Yeah. She calls Wednesday my therapy. Cause if I don't get my comments <laughs> on Wednesday, I'm until I get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I f- I resonate with that a little bit. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mentioned to you backstage, but like I hadn't pieced together until um, you had sent us over some of, some of your work, and I was like, oh, I have that, and I've read it, and it was a uh, Coins of Judas, and uh, man, I just I absolutely like loved it. I ate it up. I was telling Monk about it back when I was reading. I'm like, dude, you got to get these. 
but um i found out about it because of uh sparks comics yeah um, yeah sparks is a good friend of mine yeah yeah so he uh he had done like a review i think on the first one and i read it and i was like oh that sounds interesting so i picked it up and uh i really like sparks because he uh he has a lot of really good suggestions uh for stuff that i just like goes over my head or right past me yeah um, absolutely. but yeah where did like I guess this is my only question with this one because I want to get on to Granite State Punk, but um, like, where did this story come from? Hmm. I I have an answer. I'm not saying hmm because I don't have an answer. It's whether or not I want to answer that. Ah. <laughs> uh, because so this the the coins of Judas idea was uh, part of another concept IP that I have. Everyone, I, I think everyone, if you're a good writer, let me revise. If you're a good writer, you have ideas that you you know you can't do yet you don't have the skill set or you can't afford the art team or you can't or like it needs a big runway to to make uh, and that was yeah. part of the coins of judas idea so uh effort i'm gonna say it uh so the idea was it was about gypsies uh so it uh basically i, I like the spring break and so basically the idea was spring break is like the super bowl for gypsies they come into um they come into Florida and they rob a bunch of people during spring break and they, they big celebrate and all that. Uh, but gypsies uh, have always had the coins of Judas. There's 12 tribes of gypsy. Uh, there's 30 tribes of gypsies. Each of them have a coin that gives them a, a different power. So some are like pikeys where they can talk fast. Some are like fortune tellers. Some of the, all of them have the stuff. So that was my original concept for the coins. Yeah. Um, so for this particular book, The Coins of Judas, how it came to be is, are you familiar with the book Wolvenheart by uh, Matt Cave? Uh, yeah, I've, I'd come across, I think it's, I might be sitting in this thing over here. <laughs> in that box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Wolvenheart is a book, it's about uh, basically uh, Van Helsing type, but he's kind of a werewolf and he hunts down Supernatural. They needed a submission, so I wanted to use uh, The Coins of Judas, the, the coins part, in this submission for the Wolvenheart story. So I wrote uh, the opening scene of Coins of Judas with the dad. I wrote that scene and kind of hinted that there could be more, you know, as trying to get in them their talent search. They said, uh, you are untalented hack. Uh, and okay. you cannot come here. That's not what they said. They, they just okay. said. Uh, <laughs> that's what you took from what they said. Yeah, that's what took, yeah. it felt like that. Right. That's what I said. I, I had to do a, um, what, what is it? What is today called? Uh, big Wednesday. I had to do a Big hmm. Wednesday. And it was not Big Wednesday. It was just a random day. <laughs> go out and drink and party. Yeah, like, go out and drink uh, my sorrows. Uh, yeah. But I submitted it to uh, Tales from the Static, which is Band of Bards horror anthology. I, I submitted it. I re-edited it. Took Wolvenheart out. Made this new character uh, who is the, the dad in Corns of Judas. Submitted it. And they said, they also sent me a rejection letter. They said, no, we don't want this. And I was like, oh, clearly it's bad. And then I kept reading and says, this is good enough to be its own series. Could Would you be willing to pitch a series for that? And I, I talked to them and I submitted them a budget. And how is that? They're like, I can't add nothing to my plate. They gave me a budget that I could afford. I said, that could get you two issues. <laughs> um, and it's not, not an offensive thing. I was like, two issues. Um, and we produced two issues of Coins of Judas. Um, that, yeah. that, that's what you got. And now we're doing it as a two-issue thing. So throwing back to the Marvel two-in-ones, you know, back in the day where it was like two-issue arcs with, with two characters. So that's what you're going to get, two and two and two. And it comes back in March of 2024. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Well, yeah, kind but, of in a similar vein, like with uh, Granite State Punk, they're all number ones. 
So, yeah. <laughs> well, that I, like, so I just want to say real on, quick man. that I really like that, and also like we we've talked uh, uh, kind of like a running thing on our show is the uh, how many issues is this going to be? You know, is it going to be six? Is it just going to be a couple? And what we always come down to is like it's what the story whatever the story needs is what is best for it. And, but personally, I love like shorter stuff as opposed to, I, I it's very rarely do I read something that's five or six issues that doesn't dip at some point. So it's like, let's just get in here. Like, let's just get kind of right to the, the meat of it. And like, not saying that, you know, that is bad, but it, I, I am a fan of just like, that was one of my favorite things uh, about grand state punk was just being able to sit down and just be like, this was a good tale right here. You know, I don't need to wait six more months to just, you know, you know, I kind of have to do, but even if it's just that one issue, it, it works on itself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally. Like, uh, it just seems like each, I mean, there's only two out right now and there's a third one in the works, which we'll get to, but they're all just kind of a snapshot of Zeke's current life. Yeah. And, um, and it is sort of like kind of episodic, but like you don't you don't need to read the first Granite State Punk to pick up Granite State Punk Breaking Edge and have to know what's going on. And uh, the editor for for Granite State Punk is that is that your is that your wife? That is my wife. Yeah, Heather. Heather yeah. Gibbs, my wife. Uh, you know, as as Monk said, you know, get the good good ones. She's she's yeah. ride or die. So That's awesome. uh, she yeah, comes, she. Uh, yeah. Her, her little editor notes uh, were fantastic. Like I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like this, like this is needed information. I'm glad that she like alluded to this or like where it came from or what this term means. And like, right. you don't always get that from editors and comics. Uh, I mean, you used mm-hmm. to back in the day when Stan Lee was doing everything for Marvel, but. Well, it, but, yeah. it was real. It was really funny. Um, you know, uh, when I talked about uh, a fetter or fetish, uh, in in the, the the breaking edge and like her being like, is that really what it's called? I was like, oh yes, that's what it's called. Like, <laughs> like what that is, and like, so she's like, I need to write a note for that to let them know that we're not being pervy on purpose. Like they don't have to look this up. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's another callback to like olden day comics where they actually right. like. I feel like I don't see editor notes as much, maybe because it kind of takes you out of it. And I I don't I don't really feel that way. I feel like it actually brings you in more into it because it's like especially in something like marvel comics where you can be like this was a reference to you know spider-man whatever and just being able to be like oh my goodness i can go out and read this thing that they're referencing you know like Mm. that that was kind of before the idea of everything being interconnected kind of got burnt out when that was like still like a cool like fresh idea but yeah let's get let's get back to grand state punk but yeah, so Grand State Punk, it does, it seems like a pretty personal story, or at least like a reflection on on you. Like uh just it's like this is obviously me saying this without really knowing everything, but like it does seem like it's kind of uh narrated by your personal experiences of, of growing up in New Hampshire. And or at least just with like the things that are around, like the things you can go do, the places you can travel to, um, the schools. Like I love that the the middle school and the high school and the elementary school are like they're all mentioned and have a little backstory. I don't know if those are all actually real places, but a hundred percent real. Uh, they're all yeah. They're all... But yeah, and... go on. 
No, I was going to say, kind of just touching in with that, I feel like there's a lot of, like, local lore. And it definitely feels mm-hmm. like it's written by somebody from there, which is nice of, like, just having, like, that perspective. Because I feel like a lot of comics get written about, like, this, I'm in California, or I'm in wherever. And it's just, like, well, it's just kind of this vague feeling of, like, I don't really know what, like, you're not really giving me anything outside of, like, what you can see in a movie or a television. So it is, especially with, like, New Hampshire, which is, no offense, just kind of a random, I'm from Pennsylvania, which is also another just kind of random right. state. Besides, we have Philly. That's kind of our only, like, and uh, Pittsburgh. But I'm, yeah. on, I'm on the yeah, Philly side. Yeah, we don't side. even have that New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very fair. But you do have beautiful scenery. I will say sure, that, yeah, if yeah. that counts for yeah. anything. But anyways... Sorry, Matt, I, I took that away from you. Uh, no, you're fine. But like, um, I guess, yeah, like, since this does seem like kind of a, a personal story, like what like what what drove you to want to write Granite State Punk? Uh, so the original concept. So there's two origins for Granite State Punk. It's a little bit complicated. So the first origin is um, I was listening to a radio program and, and the guy on the radio, this is a true story. He went to his childhood home and and asked the lady there, hey, when I was a kid by that tree over there, I buried a, uh, what is it called? Time time capsule. Mm. And I really like that. You know, my parents have passed on. I'd really like to go get that. Is it possible? And the lady said, sure, I'd love you to go get that. He ran out in the backyard, dug it up, grabbed it and was like, Oh, this isn't what I remember it looked like, but it's it's got to be it. I found it and ran to the lady and was like, "Hey, do you want to open it with me?" And the lady go, the lady has a shocked face on her uh, on her and says, "That's my husband's ashes." He drops them and runs away. I mean, sorry for the long laugh, but that's a heck of a time capsule. That, that, right. yeah. <laughs> Not the one he was looking for, but he did find oh. what he was looking for. <laughs> wow. I was like, what if, you know, someone went in their backyard uh, to do the same thing and find out their parents were murderers and there's tons of bodies. <laughs> and like, I write a murder mystery and, and it could be really good. It could be kind of a fun thing. Do you turn your parents in, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, I, I thought there could be a, a fun story in that. So I started writing that. Last word. The, so the second origin is while all that's going on, I'm trying to figure out that the concept of that, um, my whole family has kind of died in New Hampshire. So my mom died, uh, not to get really personal, like today, uh, like seven years ago, it was the day before. Mm. Um, so, uh, uh, so it's always gonna remember I had to fly fly to New Hampshire, you know, last minute, she just died suddenly. Um, she had an an aneurysm, uh, leaking inside of her and she had just had neck surgery. So she was on painkillers. So she couldn't feel it. And just, it was too much stuff dripping out for too long you know it'd been like a day and it was, was leaching in her so there was no saving she just died my dad died you know a couple years after that suddenly of a fentanyl overdose you know i talked about that stuff yeah and then my grandmother died she was just 96 you know nothing nothing crazy but you know still someone who was a, a matriarch of my family but when she died she had a decent amount of money she let me down she and through that i i got some of it so i had enough money to make one comic the way I wanted to make it. Oh, one nice. comic, and I was gonna pick that story that we just talked about. So I could make one comic the way, I could pick the artist that I really wanted, because Patrick was the guy I wanted. It's mm. There's no compromises, He I hunted him down, I was like, he doesn't do punk rock, but I was like, this guy, if I got him in a punk rock story, could do it. 
And as I started writing that other story, I, I was like, started making little compromises. All right, I wanted to be a little punk rock because I was a little punk rock as a kid. You know what? Let's 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 set it in New Hampshire because you know the money's from my grandmother. Let's do it. And then I realized it was therapeutic because I had started hating New Hampshire because every time I went there it was for a funeral or to deal with things that I didn't want to deal with, and I was I was hating that place. I also have a four-year-old son, and I needed to find out how to love that state again. And to love that state, I, I needed to get rid of all my stuff. So Granite State Punk was my rage of the state. That's why you're doing it. But it's also like, while I'm presenting all my rage, it's also what I love about the state, right? I love the idiocracies of the phrase, live free or die. It's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> Oh, good. You know, they don't have a seatbelt law. It's ridiculous. They, you know, there's you can't get liquor unless you go to the highway liquor store to get them. This is a horrible idea. Like, <laughs> these things that New Hampshire does because it's backwards, because it's one of the it's just wild. And so I had to share about that. And then just things like, you know, I talk about the dare program and issue like and I talk about streets and how horrible they are. Like just getting all that out to, to fall back in love with the place I came from to, to eventually go back and stuff. And now I'm welcome at open arms, like Granite State Con and Jetpack Con, they fly me out to, to because I've become a fixture. You know, they only have us, me and the Ninja Turtles, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, the Ninja Turtles are pretty dang good, though. So if you're right, running in looking there, for a I long mean, time to find a second person, <laughs> just they're, uh, they're, they're uh, doing Ninja Turtles is doing all right, I guess. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it'll uh, it'll so, really catch on eventually, I feel. I'm hoping. I'm a dude, Granite State Con, <laughs> like if you are a Ninja Turtles fan, just go to it. Uh, you know, they last year, so I've gone last two years, last the sec, two years ago, they had Kevin Eastman wild full room. They had everybody who's ever worked on Ninja Turtles except for Peter Lard. this year, randomly Peter Lard, who hasn't done a con in 20 years, randomly shows up on Sunday to just sign stuff. Like wow. it's oh, wild. Wow. Sean Gerder Murphy was there without a line. Like, cause it's in New Hampshire. Here's the secret guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gerder Murphy, by the way, also from New Hampshire. Oh, there you oh. go. I will say that when you said, uh, uh, Granite State Con. I thought that you had made like a con just <laughs> for this. Uh, I was like, wow, yeah. that's ambitious for one. Uh, for, for two one shots. Wow. <laughs> hey, I mean, they're great one shots. So, I mean, we, I would uh, 100%. I mean, I'm I'm serious. I, I think I can't remember. Uh, we made a video, I'm pretty sure, of when Mad uh, showed me his copy of Granite State Punk for the yeah. first time. And I saw it and I was just like, man, I have to order that because of the art of just like how ragged and like it does. Uh, I And like I can I look at that and I feel like I at a punk show is in like the sense of like everything's very scratchy. It's kind of dirty, mm -hmm. like and like even just like a little like hazy, like there's not a lot of like very sharp, you know, lines. Everything's kind of like scratched. Right. And it's just like, man, that just it, it encapsulates punk so well. Uh, so mm -hmm. very good choice with that, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, and I tried to write uh, true punk. You know, um, a lot of people do punk in comics. It's it's all big mohawks and it's about all these things. And I love all those things. Mm -hmm. But most punk is two guys in a, in a room having a PBR and they don't want PBR. They just, that's all they can afford. And because <laughs> punk has made it a thing, they're allowed to that. And these two guys are going to solve the world's problems. They literally tell you the solution to the problem, but they are going to do absolutely nothing about it. 
because they yeah. do not care enough about the rest of the world to let them know they have the secret to solve the planet. And that's what I love <laughs> about punk rock. They, they have the biggest hearts of anybody. You go to a punk mm-hmm. show, you're going to see kids. They'll bring mm-hmm. kids to punk shows. They're welcome in that stuff. And in the same term, there's a pit where people are beating the shit at each other. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. such a beautiful thing. And just having that. Uh, and, I, and I think this comic does also a very good job of like articulating the older punk. Of right. just yes. like <laughs> kind of a not punk passes prime, but just I mean, a little bit of just oh, being he's like, <laughs> of just like this. There is like a time of like punk rock is for like those young. Like it's great for like I want to set the world on fire for like for better you know like i want these spaces to be safe places for everybody to come so we can raise hell you know and yeah i love the uh the duality of that of just like we're gonna make a safe place that is violent and filled with rage so that we can express those things you know that's always i feel like that's always been the the draw to me is just the expression and that's that's what I love about the character Zeke is he's very raw, but he's also very authentic and like mm-hmm. how you wrote him. Like, yeah, he comes across very punk rock, but and he does have stuff he cares about. But like you said, like he's not really gonna do much about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, yeah, like I, I love the characters. I love Zeke. I loved uh Ember uh in the first issue. Um mm-hmm. like I didn't like when I first read it, I didn't really see her becoming the villain. I thought she was that first going to become a part of like the team of whatever Zeke was getting into. And then, yeah, uh, just that whole battle, the whole thing, how that all played out was great. But I have to say my favorite character comes in breaking edge. I love, I love uncle Gert, AKA Klaus. (laughs) I just, I love the concept of him. It's just, it's fantastic. Cause obviously he's, he's, older he's an uncle he's got to be older than his nephew uh we've kind of already mentioned zeke's a little bit past his prime sure and you have this goth uncle who just stands in the corner at at a punk show and who doesn't want to go by his actual name he wants to go by klaus (laughs) he's just he's a funny character (laughs) yeah i i really love the uh, the 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 relationship between them and just seeing kind of their different worldviews and just kind of the begrudgingness to accept it. Yeah. It's a lot. Of so you've read breaking edge. Hold on. Hold on. Matt. I, I may have to, so you've read it. You haven't got it yet, but you read it, the digital. Yep. I got the, I All read the right. version that, that you gave. Now we're going down mad. Ready? So monk in the interview that you did the review. Cause I watched it. Uh Oh, I feel like I'm in trouble. Oh, <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> You stated uh, you felt that the ending was rushed, that I just had to throw it all together Mm. uh, to to wrap it up, right? Like you felt like I I just wrapped it up. Mm. Now that you've read the second issue and you kind of feel that that wrapping up is kind of the story, like, like Mm. what I'll say is. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I completely forgot that I had said oh, that. Sure so, you did. I did. Uh, <laughs> what, what? Oh no! It cut um, deep. Yeah, you came I mean, back it, on here just to get revenge, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm a beautiful shade of red right now. But I I think for me, it's when I picked up when I started reading the second issue, I would. I didn't feel like anything was like out of place or like I had gotten to like a spot where like oh, this was rushed either, or um, I think maybe there was just a part of me that didn't 
know what I was getting into or what I was uh, looking, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be ongoing or, or what. Yeah. So that could just be a user error on my yeah, end. Yeah, I, I think it was more you, you you were saying, you know, hey, I wish this had a few more pages so I could get some more explanation of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not a valid thing. I'm just I'm just giving you shit. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing absolutely is about fair. Not I'm sure there's a lot of creators who would love to be in your position saying the same thing because I swing <laughs> a big hammer on here sometimes, unnecessarily so. No, you uh, guys raved about the book. Everything was great. In fact, your only thing was not even a bad thing. It was just like you felt the ending. You wished I was wishing for four more pages is not a horrible thing, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's that's always like my problem is like something that's as enjoyable as this is like I want this to be like a ongoing series i want to see this every month but at the same time there is a part of me that just like no just keep it special and like just have it be this this certain thing you know like i really believe in trying you know they say not not everything gold can stay i believe in at least trying to keep it a little you know pure and special what what i do with a when i create a granite stay punk versus my other work is i try to make this would be a four issue arc if i did it and make it one issue that's what I try to do. So I try to give as much, in, but that's that sounds like, okay, cool. That's a great concept. But Grand State Punk is also about social commentary. So I also have yeah. to do social commentary as well as putting for you know all right. of that into one issue. So it's extremely hard task. Uh, and you know, Grand State Punk, you guys said it. You guys may have said it. You may not have. So I apologize if it's, I'm wrong. One of the things that I did in the first issue is, you know, I stopped the audience and say, I know you're bored now. And so many people Mm -hmm. come up to me and said, dude, I was getting bored there. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And that's when I realized that I'm actually a a good comic writer. That was the first Mm -hmm. time because I knew the pacing. I knew what Mm -hmm. my fans were thinking, but I needed to get them back with me so we could keep going on this adventure. So I just called it out and let us keep going. Yeah. No, like whenever Zeke does break that fourth wall and talk directly to the, to the readers, like it is, it's very gripping. Like every time just like, Oh yes, he needs my attention again. I need to keep going. But like for me, like, I don't, I don't, I can't remember what I said about when I first reviewed it, to be honest. I just know that I really liked, (laughs) I really liked, uh, I really liked it. I, uh, the reason I ended up getting Granite State Punk is because every week when I go to the shop, one aspect that Monk and I both really like about going to the comic shop is just finding something to read that you weren't expecting to get. Mm-hmm. However, I'm a planner. I'm also like trying to take care of a bunch of people that aren't just me and my wife. Right. And so I don't have a whole lot of time to just sit at the comic shop. So I always open up the key collector app and uh, Granite State Punk was on the key collector app that nice. week. And I was like, uh, but it's Scout. My shop's probably not going to have it. Right. Um, and I walk in there and it was, they had more copies of Granite State Punk than they did anything else. And I was like, well, oh, this wow. is a shocker. Um, and like, by that, I mean like they, my shop's pretty small. There's not a bunch of comic book people in this town. Sure. Um, but like, there was at least five copies where for the most part, if I order something from Marvel, they're probably gonna order like three more for somebody else to find on the shelf. Right. Um, and but I was just like, man, they got a lot of Granite State Punk. Like this must be a bigger deal than I'm. I like understand it to be. And I love it that honestly is. Just for the record. <laughs> yeah, but it is like you. It's it's got great social commentary. You have a character that you can really get behind. 
um the the shit that he gets into with uh yeah with goody cole in breaking edge uh which again is i i think i picked it up but goody cole is like an ancestor of klaus and ancestor of klaus yeah of klaus so uh in theory yeah i guess it would be brother yeah absolutely no it's not it's not it's on the mother's side but yes okay um i like this family tree that you have kind of uh lined up but that's, I mean, that's another thing of just, I like that it's a, fam, a familiar, like a, a family thing that it's kind of passed on. And that's a similar thing with uh, Coin of Judas, that it was, right, you had the dad mm-hmm. who, and I, I just really love that. Yeah, I, I like a good, like, we're a family of this. I love that he didn't know about it. And he, it just kind of like, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, yeah, the way that you set it up in the world is super fascinating. And it's another reason of why I wish there was like expanded upon because it'd be like, man, what else is happening out here? Because if this guy's like from a family of wizards, what else is out there? But again, that's just kind of the how that the curiosity kills the well, cat. Well, Monk, because you asked that, that's exactly what's in the coven. We we decide that we we explain that there is ghosts in this universe. So we, we hunt ghosts. So the coven is uh, Zeke's coven of witches. So there was four in his original training class, you know, taking the Hogwarts in his Hogwarts school. There was four <laughs> other type punks and, uh, you know, they uh, come against some ghosts in, uh, in the next issue yeah. with the Coven, which is live I'm, on Kickstarter. Awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for the Coven to come out. Um, just reading the, the preview that you sent over, like once it got to that last panel of uh, inner child Zeke and his little Coven, and it's Go just ahead. like they're in Dover. I'm just like, I cannot wait to see what comes after this panel. I'm. I mean, it's it's 100% done. Uh, we just got a letter it, so we'll get it out very soon. Um, uh, and it's well that 12 pages. Like, isn't it crazy that you go through 12 pages of that that book? Like, I realized that when I was reading it, and you're like, we're not even at the main plot because the main plot is about ghosts, right? Because yeah. there's so much commentary and things that mm-hmm. that I wanted to get across and and do it. I think. I think you guys will really love the Coven. The Coven is really me taking. I think Breaking Edge is a great book, but I I really was fascinated by the the concept of Goody Cole, and I really wanted to share that origin because it's a mm-hmm. true story. Unlike the Man in the Mountain, that's not true. I made that up. Right? Yeah, they they did not protect our wishes. Goody Cole. I was like, I need to tell you how crazy this shit is. Like, you need to pay attention. <laughs> like what they did to this. Movie. So I think I spent a lot of time on that. So it doesn't always have that same feel as the first one. I still think it's very, very good. Just a different feel. And I think books should have different feels like as you go through issue to issue. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, this one is, is harking back to the first one, really shocking. And when you meet young Zeke, we've met young Zeke before, but we meet a very different young Zeke this time. And mm, he's a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I think I would like to dive into some of your Kickstarter stuff, but before we sure. do that, uh, just to, to make amends for my, uh, my words. I want to let you know. Uh, next week we're doing our uh, top ten comics of the year, and okay. this comic is uh, gonna be on there. I won't say uh, where because I don't know. But and I'm not just saying that because you're here and I'm trying to you know kiss your butt and make up for it. It's honestly such <laughs> like it's such a uh, close. Like I I'm a punk kid. I still go yeah. to punk shows. So like just seeing that out there and seeing it done well. And I don't know if you noticed, but I am wearing a Pabst Blue Ribbon hat. Love because, it. Uh, Love it. 
yeah, when I, I posted about this on my Instagram, uh, there's a line in it that says, if like, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember it uh, verbatim, but like, if you're going to take on a ghost, it's, you should have like a PBR or no, it's no, it's a uh, PBR is the best beer for a punk show or something like right, that. Right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, one time I drank like a, a Bud Light at a punk show. I'm like, what is this? Get this out of here. This is no good. <laughs> yeah. I went to the, the Gimme Gimme's and I didn't have PBR and I didn't know what to do. Like, I was very confused. I was like, can I talk to yeah. the manager? <laughs> I want to talk to the manager too. You got yeah, some first like gimme gimme and you don't have PBR. Like, what's going right. on? Right. Like, what is going on here? Like, something is amiss. Uh, and it was, and this was prior to the Bud Light scale. Like, they had Bud Light, but it was Bud Light Orange. So it was like special. Like, you don't even understand. Like, we need cheap beer. It can't, you can't add anything to it. And it's got to be whatever. And you can even charge $12 mm-hmm. for the PBR. Like, you can charge us regular good beer price you could charge us guinness prices we don't care that if someone takes our picture and we have a bud light orange at our <laughs> punk show that that's it's no good yeah. <laughs> it's bad credit that's not punk yeah. at all that's not punk no you know what yeah, is punk? Um, what's that? kickstarters for kickstarter. i love kickstarters yeah so it looks like you got a looks like a horror anthology coming out and then don't push the red so that's the nightmare 3d the final chapter um yeah, and then also three kickstarters right now <laughs> yeah and uh don't push the red button another anthology so and then your other kickstarter is that for the coven yeah for grand state punk yep yeah so uh so what's what's well actually something i do want to say just because uh we got some anthologies here um i did read uh holiday special holiday spirits and our holiday spirits. Yeah. Um, and notice that, uh, our pal, Jonathan Hedrick had a story in there. Yeah. And that's with his recount team. Yeah. So that's right. with the original um, recount team. Um, he's not going to watch this. So I'll share it. Um, <laughs> <because> <laughs> he might, whatever. he's a, he's a friend of ours, but I, it's I okay. Share it anyway. He lives in, he lives in my town. Oh, I was going to ask actually, if you guys were in the same neck of the woods. Of yeah. Florida. He lives in my town. He lives in my that's town. Fantastic. Absolutely. So we, him and I talk, uh, so, the first artist, uh, they switched artists in recount towards the end. And it was just because of speed and stuff. And they wanted to get it out at a certain time. But he had prepaid for a whole bunch. So he used that artist to do that that little thing for Holiday Spirits. Uh, oh. For Holiday Spirits. One, which, by the way, that that has been picked up by a publisher. That is on sale December, the last week in December uh, at your local comic store. Awesome. Yeah, and I saw I saw that on the uh, secret source that we use to see what comics are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll tell um, you at backstage with this right. uh, incredibly secret sources that yeah nobody you know, knows about it on the nobody dark web. Yeah, do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, one if you can guess it, we'll tell it. But uh, we'll it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but yeah, you wanna you wanna go tell us a little bit about Nightmare Theater and don't push the red button. Yeah, so don't push the red button. Uh, I'd love to tell you about it, but that Kickstarter ended last night. It is funded, so we're good. Uh, this concept is push a red button, people die. Um, oh. You know, you, you heard that. Uh, you can choose to do it, choose or not. My story is about a guy who has four ex wives. He used to be a billionaire. He's no longer a billionaire because he has four ex wives, uh, and he can kill one of them to stop the alimony, so he can because he li- can barely live right now because of all the alimony has to pay. If he pushes it, he can get one of those ex-wives to die and he can get some of that money back. Does he do it? Does he not? That's that's what that concept's about. Oh, you um, have to read to find out. You have to read to find out. Nightmare Theater is an anthology. It comes out every year. Um, it has some of the 
a lot of the big Kickstarter creators are, are part of it. So if you're mm. up and coming or a Kickstarter creator with a little bit of creds, so David Pepos has been at, he's a guy who does Punisher and Savage, Savage yeah. Avengers. Uh, we have Rich Fairgraves, you may not know, but he does a book for kids that's very, very popular called Blastosaurus. You may have picked up that book or started a, a, a long box, but he, he does that. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Pat Shan, who does most of Xenoscope. He does most of Xenoscope's books. Um, okay. So if you read any of Xenoscope stuff, he does that. He also does Destiny New York for um, not Black Ball. What is it? Black Mask? Black Mask. Black okay, Mask. Yeah. Black Mask in this Black Mask. Black mm -hmm. Ball. Black Mask. Um, he does Destiny New York for them. Uh, he also did a book for a Scout called um, Can't remember the name. Don't worry about it. Uh, Clay <laughs> Adams is uh, X Men. So it's a bunch of us really high level Kickstarter creators all together mm -hmm. in one anthology. It's already funded uh, if you want it, but every year it's good. This one's 3D, which is really cool. Oh, uh, and my story is about a 1970s biker gang, uh, and they're all Grindhouse. So if you like Grindhouse, mm -hmm. all yeah. Grindhouse. <laughs> So mine is about a 1970s biker gang that has been murdering, uh, bringing uh, murders to this frog for some sort of ritual uh, to like this pond. And the frogs are very agitated and uh, a frog monster comes and attacks them. And you have to see how that works out. I love that. I love <laughs> that. Just the idea of like, if that was like a movie, I'm picturing a poster of like this biker gang, like sitting in front of a swamp and then there's right. just like a frog monster yeah. coming out on them. I like I frog monster because you don't mention <laughs> normally of like, uh, yeah, sorry. Again, I wish, I wish my artist could get it as much as you. He was always like, but frogs don't have teeth. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They can be scary. They got long tongue. But the I mean, tongues are very but they are they're scary. Yeah. Like if you yeah, a hundred percent. I mean it's I a think big it's, frog. I think it's the lack of a neck that would make me most upsetting because he would be hunched like right. yeah, just like very like unsettling of just like oh you're bent in a way that doesn't seem natural. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just I'm enjoying this. Uh uh yeah. Do we uh is do we want to get into some stuff that we read this? Yeah. Week? So um, uh, Gross, we know that you, we, I was just gonna say yeah. I, now I, I felt like I cut it off and I missed one, but yeah, Granite State Punk. Uh, yeah, the so coven. yeah. If you want to get it before you get it, so it's gonna be in a release date. I I think it'll be like March. Um, will be when you can get it the Scout version. But if you want the Orange Cone version, get it here. You always get a couple extra pages, a couple extra stuff. Uh, it's a different version than Scout. Not drastically different, but they have different editor rules and things like that. So you, mm. you will get some mm. stuff there. Uh, and if you want it early because you really fell in love with the series, now's time to do it. Uh, it is the best one of the series, hands down. Yeah, and I, I mean, I from it. what from what I got to read of it, it it, it seems that that's that's true. So, um, yeah, but uh, you went to your shop today and got your comics. Yeah, I was interested. I was interested in uh, what you got there and what what you're reading these days. I mean, I read everything. Um, as we <laughs> uh, but let's see. I got Holy Rollers. I don't know if you picked this up. I picked that yeah, up. My shop didn't have it. I wanted to get uh, it. Man, Andy Samberg and Rick Remender. Like, that's just a, that's a, that's good just a book you got to pick up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I didn't realize that that was a bowling ball on the cover. I thought it was like a crystal ball or something like that. And then I opened up and I saw a bowling lane. And I was just like, oh, I'm in. Andy Samberg, bowling comic. I'm in. And Rick remember Red is hard. I did not realize how hard, how punk rock he is, like as a person. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, uh, listen to any of his interviews, and like 
you're charged up. You're ready to take on the world. That's awesome. Well, and Rick, Rick wrote my favorite series I've ever read, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Like, yeah. I, oh, there you go. Like, yeah. I'm, I need to I'm get still, this. I'm still tooting the horn for that series, even though it finished up. Like, it was so good. It, it is so good. Uh, I got Batman Off World. I'm excited nice. about Jason Aaron. It was really good. I, this, this one I've actually had a chance to read. Um, so, Daredevil Black Armor. Uh, I, I got me one of those, and I got a uh, foil cover for it. Oh, you got the fo- I didn't want to pay the 10 bucks. Oh, mine was <laughs> uh, $7.99, and I know oh, that because it's see, still your on. Comics, yeah, my comic store is charging well. It's It's nice. Yeah, and I, I don't really buy Marvel. I'm a big fan of Daredevil, but... I saw that sitting there and I'm just like, man, I can't pass that up because it's just cool. I'm sure it'll be worth more than $7.99. I mean, it's I could have sell it to your shop and I'll right. make a, a you're already little, making uh, two bucks. <laughs> I'll stand outside yeah. and I'll just be like $9.99 or whatever, you know, or $8.99. <laughs> I got Immortal X-Men. Nice. nice. Um, we got Moon Knight from my boy Pepos. I love David Pepos. Uh, this is a good nice. ending to that series. I got uh Carnage. Did you see a Marvel guy? Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is got, the first week in a while for me that I haven't picked up a Marvel number one. I, I love mean, that Spider-Man cover, by the way. Yeah. That's wild, right? Mm-hmm. I have no yeah. idea what's going on in that issue, but I'm excited. There's big teeth. Um, we got uh, Nightwing. Um, nice. Uh, this I missed last week, so I'm getting it this week. Oh, oh, I've been oh, thinking. Yeah. I, superior, superior Spider-Man. I've been thinking about jumping on that. I should because I read it when it came out initially, but we'll see. Uh, we've got uh, Marvel Secret Wars, Battle World, got that. I got Scarlet Twilight. This is a, an issue that I was missing from Red Five. It's a really good uh, book. Uh, I, have you? Are you guys familiar with this book at all? No, I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. Um, but this guy's art. Look at that guy's art. That's dope. That? My goodness. I mean, he's a writer artist of it. Um, oh. Just there's nothing like it. Like it, it gives me, um, you remember that Mark Wade book Empire back in the yeah. day? Like, it, gives me, it gives me that vibe, whoever that artist was. Um, I can look that up real quick. Red Five is one of those like elusive publishers for me in my shop. Cause I've, I've asked for stuff from red five before and it just never comes. Yeah. They're super uh, late too. So it's really hard. So I think even if you reorder it, like they, they don't tend to come out on time. Um, I got death drop assassin too. Oh David shoot. That came on. out today. Uh, either today or last weekend I was behind, but it came out. Yeah. My, sh- I I didn't my shop. That. Yeah. Same. Um, so David is on. That's good. I got plot holes four that came out. All right. We got some Incredible Hulk. Oh, that's a nice. dope cover. Oh, right. good old, good old uh, Ghost Rider doing a motorcycle over the, over the Hulk. And it, that, and it's, it's a different Ghost Rider. Look at it's, yeah, it's it's uh oh man, what's his name? Spirit Rider. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like oh. that. It's yeah, so it's not Ghost Rider. It's and I think it's his first appearance, possibly. We got Void Void Rivals. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep getting this. Um, I love the the Transformers. You know, uh, Kenny Johnson can't do wrong. And then uh, mm. She-Hulk. Nice. So not, not a lot of indie this week. Uh, no, but... there wasn't a lot at my shop either. My my pools were like incredibly small. It was that Daredevil. Oh, I don't even. That's now they're all the way at the bottom. Um, yeah, I got Daredevil, the Deviant, which came out like last week. Uh, we got it last week. 
the Holy Roller, and then Kill Your Darlings number three. And that was it for me. Just those. And by four. the way, apparently that got pulled, so you weren't even supposed to get that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's Ooh. a there's a misprint, and you're getting another one. Uh, so that was there was a misprint that was pulled. So that's why I don't have Kill Your Darlings, is because it was misprint. My 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 store is a stickler to the rules, so they'll pull it. Uh, mine might have not even known about it. Uh, now I'm gonna be <laughs> curious about that. I'm that's gonna be. There was another uh, Scout comic, um, uh, Azura the accursed or something like that then when they first came out the second half of the book didn't have any of the the uh, speech bubbles and i have a copy of that so i'm gonna yeah that is pat shin that's the guy who i was talking about earlier the book i couldn't mm. think of from Scout. that's pat shin well there you uh, go yeah, that's my retirement fund i'm gonna sell that one day when uh and then you know retire to the suburbs nice i, I never get that lucky to get a genius had this too where it was a misprint it was too dark and they reprinted it yeah, I remember I'm, that. I'm pretty sure that issue one of Old Dog that I've been getting, I think I got a misprint of that, but I never heard anything about it being recalled because like right in the middle of the book, there's no lettering in the bubbles. Like there's like editor's boxes with nothing in it. But I like reached out to image, never heard back. Like <laughs> nobody ever said anything about this issue. And I'm like, did I just get like the only one? But one weird <laughs> copy. Yeah. <laughs> random like deep deep cut so what can happen with comics i just recently had it in one of my comics there's a layer if you do like a black box uh, like a black speech bubble you have to like activate another layer to make sure that 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 goes or it won't print through the printer because they'll just mm -hmm. print it. it's basically got to be put on kind of like an order right like this has got to go over the black right yeah, yeah. the black's a layer so if it prints with the other layer, it'll print in the order that the layers were presented on the PDF. So mm -hmm. it'll print it wrong. That's why you see that sometimes. Super weird. I'd never had it happen for me. And I was like, how can it happen? Because it looks right on the PDF on mine. Because right. when you convert it to a PDF, it, it doesn't matter because it converts it all. It sm smooths it all out and everything's good. But Ooh. the printer, when a printer, it can tell you what order you put it in there. Yeah. Huh. Well, that seems like a recipe for disaster if you don't know right? that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what... Why don't we wrap this up by just saying what was uh do we what was the favorite thing that we got into? Also, do you have your pools nearby, Matt? Do you want to go through those real quick? I do. I did post my uh, my poll video. Um, I think I got seven today. Seven. Wow. I mean, yeah. Uh, Travis kind of put us to shame here on our own show. <laughs> yeah. So that's fine. Sure did. But yeah, I got a Hollywood special number three from Dark Spaces. It's a good one. Uh, this is this is one I grabbed off the shelf from Dark Horse, The Mortal Terror. It's a, it's a vampire story. Uh, Monk knows, but I don't know if Travis does. I love vampire stories. Uh, okay. I eat them up. Uh, this is one of my favorite series out right now, The Ribbon Queen. This is uh, issue five. Uh, Star Wars hyperspace stories from Dark Horse. Monk, you're going to love this because uh, I didn't think I was getting it, but I did. I got uh, Space Outlaws number two. Yeah. I, uh, I was just going to sit here on top of my... Uh, comics that i've read this week i won't go too much into it but it continues to just be a fantastic comic nice we'll uh, we'll chat at some other point but but very good then i got a uh, issue three of the alternates this is the yeah so this is from Patton oswalt and the but he just seems like a swell guy so i figured yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well keep reading his stuff and then i got jeff lemire's tenement number six uh which i'm still really digging this one which i think i think it's i think it wraps up after in the next issue possibly Okay. So we'll see. 
But yeah, that's all I got today. Awesome. I got a lot of the books I trade weight on. You know, I'm afraid I'm Ribbon mm. Queen. I, I, I trade weight all AWA stuff. They tend to read better as a trade. Um, yeah. Uh, and Jeff Lemire, always better as a trade. Uh, <laughs> I, I would actually agree to that. And I've, I'm like kind of considering what the rest of the, the Bone Orchard mythos as it comes out, just to wait for the trades on those. Because like when uh, 10,000 Black Feathers came out, like that was really hard to get through issue by issue. But I and I think I even said after the final issue of that one came out, I said this would just be so much better to have and just read it all the way through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think he does himself a little bit of a disservice. I mean, this is kind of a running thing on the show as well. It's just Jeff Lemire's ability to drag a story out. Um, that's that's my wording of it. Uh, Mad would have a different way of phrasing it, but that's just me. <laughs> but uh, Travis, did you happen to read Big Game by any chance? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Did you read number five? I did. Okay, um, how about was... you, Mad? Sorry. Oh, yeah, I read it. Okay, I did as yeah. well. Do we want to chat about it for a minute? Sure. What do you think yeah. about it, Travis? We'll, we'll throw it to you because we've been chatting for a while. So I was a little upset. Um, uh -oh. I, you know, you, you have big game at the end. You have a big superhero story. He knows how to tell big super stories, and he just decided not to, right? Like, we didn't, yeah. David and Kick Ass, you know, uh, Kick Ass and Hit Girl didn't never talked, mm, yeah, never talked. Like, this is we've been waiting for this reunion, especially if you've been reading Hit Girl, like all these new versions of Hit Girl, uh, of, of Kick Ass that Hit Girl's been like, What the hell? Who, why are you trying to be my friend, Dave? Like, like, so we know they have that relationship, uh, they, they don't talk, so that was kind of annoying to me. Um, he yeah. felt the need to just, uh, be, you know, oh, I want to make, I promise you everybody. So we got to throw all these guys in instead of giving all these characters that we've loved forever to have their big moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the ending. I like that it wasn't that I like that they did time travel because, you know, we saw that you saw that pretty early that there's no way he's killing off all his darlings. Right. So right. You saw yeah. That. But I do like that some of it stuck. Right, that, that they let some of it stay, stick. Um, mm -hmm. I felt Nemesis uh, also. You built Nemesis up from his series that that le led into the big game, and then it, it, no problem solving any problem for his whole series in issue one through four of the big game. Issue five, apparently now people are a problem. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah. There was a part that, of that me part did take it out. I was just gonna say there's a part of me as someone who like doesn't really like uh, I'm not invested in Mark Miller or like Miller World or like any yeah. of that stuff. There's just the part of me that's like I it it felt very much like a Marvel crossover or like a DC crossover where it's like a lot of stuff's happening, but we're missing those like spinoffs to kind of tell the stories in between. Right um so yeah there is a part of me that like wishes this would have been maybe like 12 issues or that's a little too long maybe like eight something a little bit more um yeah. and also like because again like you see the guy from wanted in this issue and i don't really know anything about him and like it doesn't really mean anything if you don't really if you haven't been reading everything else you know and so like maybe if you know you're up to date on everything and this but again like you seem to be and so you know, I agree with you. They should have seen each other. I also feel like mm -hmm. Dave was very much sidelined to this whole thing of just yeah. being like, 
watching everything happening and not being involved at all until the final battle, which I feel like is a little bit like true for him because he's a nerd and like he's kind of like a loser is his thing. So it's like, yeah, let's let's make you like not be able to be a part of this thing. But I do. Yeah, there I would have liked to have seen him like do some things as kick ass instead of just uh, the Loving American around. ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superhero kick ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what do um, you think? Yeah, I mean, you guys got some valid uh, points there. Um, I liked it overall, but there was just things I wish were better. I kind of, mm -hmm. like you said, I think when we reviewed issue two or three that you hope that uh, that Dave Kickass uh, gets the American oh, ambassador. Yeah. And I was just like, for me, it's like, if it's that easy to pick out and it happens in the ending, like it kind of ruins it for me. That's fair. And, and it also too, just like, I would have liked to see more kick ass because he is one of the characters I'm more familiar with in Miller world. And he really was just kind of sidelined the whole time. And then at the end, it's like, here's your trophy. <laughs> yeah that's very fair yeah but, but like overall I, I did enjoy it as just like a thing to read i felt like it read very well but again it does yeah. it did feel like like i'm thinking uh do you read empire the marvel crossover that was out i think in like 2020 i think was the crossover then the the cap evil cap secret secret empire <laughs> Uh no, uh, the Empire as in um oh, I can't remember like the Cree it was a Cree in World War Two uh, yeah okay then, yeah uh yeah and that was I remember reading that at the time and just being like there's I'm missing a lot of like it just was very much just like people ran into a room and being like had a quick conversation and then like went off to go do something else on their own you know like uh story or whatever so I I again like it would have been cool to even if he like. I don't know why he couldn't have done something like Jeff Lemire's with uh, the Bone Orchard mythos of like, here is the main run of big game. And then we're having these spinoffs, especially because he had the ambassadors and nightclubs building up to big game. So we kind of could have kept those things going on the side. But I, at the end of the day, like I'm not really invested in him that much. So like that was fun. It would be, I, it's like a, I can go back and explore these things and like in retrospect, maybe I'll enjoy it more. Not that I didn't enjoy it. Like it's a solid four for me out of on a one to five, you know, not yeah. that we normally rate things, well, but that's where it sits. Yeah. The other thing I appreciated was there in the back of issue five was like the reading order for it. So it's yeah. like all of the Miller world stuff that's already come out. Like if you read it in this order, like, and then get up to big game. Yeah. See, I don't, I miss that. I think. Yeah, so that might that might be a, a a task worth tackling at some point in the future. Yeah, and I will just say like there's the just the ending epilogue. Like if you don't know what that is, which I don't, just doesn't make sense. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm not like like I was just like, oh, that was kind of neat. It would make a cool post credit scene for the people who know, but I'm not in the know, so it was just kind of like this weird thing. But yeah, you're right. It's right there. I could have turned yeah. one more page and I would have found it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really cool thing to do because mm -hmm. uh, he's the only one who can do it. He's the only one who's created so many things in his universe to get a mm -hmm. big crossover. So I think you have to acknowledge that it's really cool to do that. Yeah. And it's also really cool uh, that he's kind of set it up the whole time, right? You've mm -hmm. he's had nemesis, he's had wanted, 
where the the heroes were were removed from the world and these are new heroes spring up. That's kind of his catalyst for his whole universe because none of his stuff ever really felt connected. You know, there was a little <laughs> passing reference now and then, but it never felt connected. But this really showed, especially with the Magic Order stuff. Like, I love Magic Order. That's probably one of my favorite series that he does, and I loved them going, yeah, we're not getting involved. This is superhero stuff. And the fact that I really thought, like, that's where it was going to end. Like, I thought Magic Order yep. was like, yeah. Hard pass. <laughs> I like yeah. how they, there was a part of me that's like, did they have to bring this like past alien or this like past race into it? But I'm like, right. it's a Mark Miller thing, so it has to. But then it connected with the magic order. I'm like, okay, all right, Mark, yeah. maybe you do know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but the, oh. the biggest thing was the key moments of, of series that we love not having their moments, right? The sure. vampire kids coming together had more of a moment than kick ass and hit girl. Which mm. most of us knew, even if we didn't read the yeah. comic book that we've seen the movies, like that feels like a lost opportunity to me. Sure. No, absolutely. Cause like we we read through Nightclub. Um honestly, if Nightclub hadn't been a dollar ninety-nine, I don't know if I would have picked sure. it up. But like like I love that series a lot, and it was like cool to see them in there, but like it seemed like they were getting more treatment than yes. kick ass and hit girl. And yeah. And they were the one that I thought could, they were the ones who changed my mind for a minute that they could be die, that they, these deaths could be real mm -hmm. because they only mm -hmm. killed two and the other one was alive. Yeah. I think the only thing that didn't, I thought when they did, when, when they got rid of the ambassadors, I thought that that was maybe the end. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, well, they didn't really like leave that story in a way that, kept going nightclub does end with like a kind of like there will be a second arc of this because of the inner drama between the two uh you know the couple and the the third one um yeah so that's why i was like that's kind of weird that he would build up this like inner uh like this turmoil within the group and then just be like you're all dead but the fact that he like she she turned the pool into holy water and then yeah. later in issue five when she when he's when they're talking about like doing that he's like is it the same molecular structure as like normal water? What's like, what's the difference? I thought that was yeah. uh, an interesting conversation. Oh, cool. Uh, well, Travis, where can the people find you? Uh, I always prefer people to go to traviskib.substack.com. I have a great Substack. I, I share all the newest stuff that's coming out. Um, and I also get very personal about uh, comics and, and the career and the path. So if you want to follow along with me, that's where you go. Right on. And that's linked um, in the uh, description below, well as well as those three Kickstarters that we talked about earlier. So make sure that you click on through to all of those. Yeah, and you can find us at the Pullbox Pals on Instagram. That is where we are most active. You can also find us on the other socials under that handle as well. You can watch us on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. And Please like and subscribe, leave some comments, reviews, whatever. It really helps us out. And we just enjoy engaging conversation with you all. And, uh, but yeah, Travis, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. Monk, you. Sam. Uh, what do you got to say? At the end of the year, I have a little catchphrase. And the catchphrase is actually, you know what? I always forget this. Travis, when I read comics like yours, I say, I haven't read comics <laughs> like these in years. <laughs> well, I miss.
telling you what, boys, all this chat, I'm going to be having me a PBR with my turkey tomorrow. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I 